So everyone, I have Max here. And right now we have the preparation of some drag. Yeah, some Bushwick Barbie. Bushwick Barbie. Bring her back to <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, delivery. <laughs> um, so Max is from Sweden mm -hmm. and is at Stella Adler Acting. Studio acting. Studio <laughs> Wait, what? What is Stella that? Adler Studio acting? Oh, okay. What did I say? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, whatever. I said Stella Adler. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so we were having a conversation the other day about um, like how this idea of consent, we're just going to go right <laughs> how this idea of consent is, would create a process of better life. <laughs> because if we don't, we're talking about like gender binaries basically and, and saying like, okay, I asked, I was like, oh, is that person like bisexual or, and then realized like, okay, it doesn't really matter. And I was kind of like, I like the fact that also like you didn't really know. And it was kind of like nice. Cause then it's like, okay. Like it, it doesn't like if it if, if it doesn't matter then it's like and then you said this idea of like if the more like we talk about consent the more like those things won't matter because regardless whatever someone likes like as long as a no is a no then yeah. it should be okay to hit on anybody i think that yeah or like my standpoint it's like yes yeah. but i mean we were we were talking about um first like labels weren't we like we were talking mm -hmm. about how, how, uh, no, but like, for, first of all, like for me as a Swedish person, how yeah. Americans are very obsessed with labels. Yeah. And that was because we were talking about the bisexuality. Yeah. Well, you asked me if some guy I'm hitting on was like, <laughs> bisexual or whatever. No, right. You asked me if my ex-boyfriend yeah, was bisexual yeah. because he was with a girl before he was with me. Uh, and then I said, I didn't know, but it didn't really super yeah. matter. Yeah. Um, but like some of it all was essentially like, because the only reason you need to know somebody's label is to know whether or not you can fuck them, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and you should, and, and if you could just take a no, when you yeah. flirted with somebody, you wouldn't have to know whether or not you could flirt with them. Yeah. I and I think that's also, I think I just thought of something where it's like, I feel, I don't know about Sweden, but I feel like, maybe not as much now but there's been like a lot of shame around like sexuality and therefore like the like people who maybe like or like that whole thing of like religion trying to like make people not like gay yeah. or something yeah. it's like okay well in that sense like people could just like lie they 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 want to be a certain way so they say mm -hmm. a certain thing and then it's harmful to the partner because like oh if you're not actually like interested but you're just going along with it but that's like a whole nother thing and that's more so like being responsible for like knowing what someone is without them telling you which isn't like a thing that we should think like need to be worried about but like i thought of that because i feel like i think we're like obsessed with labels also because we're afraid to like identify ourselves in a certain way that's like we're ashamed of 
how do you mean like like people are people want to be able to like put a label on the thing that isn't them is that what you mean or um or, like, or just like people that like like if someone was like gay mm -hmm. and then but they didn't want to like be gay mm -hmm. and so then they were <laughs> <laughs> So that is like you're not being yourself, but I think that happens regardless of like sexual orientation. I don't think that's only like um, sexuality. But like, do you, do you mean that people like if it, like like if somebody was gay and they really didn't want to be that, that yeah. they would need a label that is like heterosexual and straight, so they can or mm. that they can be that they can identify as bi because they don't want to commit or oh no, or, not that they like need a label, but more so like I think that's like. The foundation of like like it it's the foundation of why i guess they it's really important maybe for people mm -hmm. in the u.s but i think like i think it will change over time yeah and i was I, i'm listening to this podcast right now it's called bad gays shout out <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good podcast but they're talking a lot about like how uh like i guess the homosexual tradition like in the sense that or at least i mean now i'm just talking about like male homosexuality because there's been so little like historical research on female homosexuality since we live in the patriarchy uh and stuff like that <laughs> but and they were talking about like how if we go back to like the greco-romans people who had like they have always had homosexual relationships like an older man would take on a younger boy and make him a man by like uh by teaching him everything. But they weren't like ass fucking apparently, they were fucking between thighs, fun fact. Um, but like how that, that was like a natural part of, of growing up in Greco-Roman culture. And later on, like in military, uh, even up to like the first world war, it was like super common to have homosocial mm -hmm. relationships or like um, situational homosexuality. Um, and then they wouldn't mm -hmm. like, and this is before they had labels, but it was just like assumed that you are, if you are in a part, in a constellation where like everyone is of the same gender, you will be like situationally gay. Mm -hmm. And then, and so, so in a way that makes me think, because like I think the label, like homosexuality and like transgender and all of these like modern queer terms were invented in the late, what is it? Eight, like eight, like 1880 or something like that, so the 19th, 19th century, right? Um, and that they were like more, it, like it, while we were fighting for our rights, so to speak, I also think that they were more cemented, if you get it. Mm. Because if you're gonna fight for something, mm -hmm. you need to be able to name it. Mm, okay. I think that's a part of it, like why we, like okay. why labels have emerged. And, okay, because if you're like, oppressed for something that doesn't have a name for it does it really exist mm. yeah, man. Do you exist? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what but I think. also does anybody exist <laughs> are we going there does the table exist or is it just our perception it's both <laughs> yeah in conclusion it's both but I think that's interesting then because like if we're talking about like modern labels because I mean we are a little bit like in a and like queer renaissance hmm. i would what does that mean no but like i mean because like with the i feel like ever since 2015 
mm-hmm. uh, and like the Me Too and uh, since like I graduated high school. I was still fucking in high school. (laughs) No, but um, I feel like during the last uh, at least like 10 years Uh or something that we, there has been like a a huge um, increase in like how much we talk about LGBTQ Mm -hmm. people and like marginalized people in general. And then Me Too came and like made it like brought it up into the spotlight even more because then we were like I mean we were combining um the feministic struggle which is the biggest struggle I think and most like vocal struggle uh or has been like in the past with LGBTQ struggle and racial struggle eventually and so on but I think that's why we're getting and, and like and right the, the thought was because it's a renaissance now just like it was in the beginning of the 20th century and uh, when all of these like labels became a thing, I think we're getting more obsessed with labels because we see new struggles. Mm-hmm. And we're like, now we need to fight for um, for like trans people in all categories, like non-binary and all of, and I think all the pronouns and stuff like that are a product of that mm-hmm. too. That it's like this wish to identify yourself so you can fight for yourself mm-hmm. and people like you. Mm-hmm. Sorry, can I rant? I think also <laughs> like, um, with that, like sex in general has been talked about more, and there's like a more of a conversation around that. But I think each other in a way, and that goes back to like the whole consent idea or mm-hmm. uh, idea thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, in what way? Because. I mean, like, if you ask, like, what we talked about earlier about, like, if you ask consent, it doesn't really, really matter how a person identifies, like, they can say no, you don't have to be like, oh, you asked me to have sex with you, like, exactly. or you like me, so I think that's, like, I guess, like, not, not, consent isn't only, like, with sex, but, like, if you're interested in someone, not everybody is interested in sex, which is okay, but mm-hmm. that's, like, assumed or uh, yeah, but if a person is also not interested in sex and somebody goes up and flirts with them and like proposes yeah. having sex and they say no as long as like and that's where the consent idea comes in i think as long as they say no and that no is respected mm-hmm. nothing has been done wrong yeah. so to speak because if a person like let's say you you're asexual mm-hmm. and i come up and i hit on you and you get uncomfortable and you're like no i i i don't want to mm-hmm. you shouldn't have to tell me I'm asexual. Right. You should. You should just be no. I, yeah. It's none of my business. Like yeah. what sexuality you have. Yeah, yeah. I should just be able to accept that no. Uh huh. And, and that's also what we talked to about like boundaries and the more, the more like I'm able to like accept no, the more I also like feel like I can say no. Mm-hmm. Um. I want to hear a bit more about that because. If I'm like okay being rejected, then I can also feel more okay like saying what I need because because then I can if I can respect like other people's needs and like their boundaries, then I can also respect my own more. Yeah. Because there's like an understanding of like what it feels like. Um, and I guess, or I don't know, I don't, don't want to put words in your mouth, but for me, like if I 
if I know that I'm okay being rejected, mm -hmm. then I also know that I don't like hurt the living crap out of the person mm -hmm. rejecting. Because otherwise I feel like one of the reasons you don't like saying no mm -hmm. is because you're scared that they'll be so sad. They'll mm -hmm. be so scared, sad or they'll be so hurt or they'll feel ashamed. Mm -hmm. But if you know that you, you yourself don't feel ashamed and you don't feel super sad, perhaps mm -hmm. it's easier to. I think also, depending on like when the rejection is at like what point, because like, I think if you like a person, but then you don't necessarily want to engage in a certain type of activity or whatever at that moment, then like, if you say no, then it can feel like you're rejecting other parts beyond the moment, mm, Yeah, which I think that's what I also like fear in terms of like rejection. It's like, oh, I don't want my rejection to then make you reject me. Yeah, like a loose possible, like the future possibilities yeah. of that person. That is like stone cold, no forever. But Which isn't also like a responsibility or burden to take on, that like is needed to take on. Yeah. Um, but it's like, if I can accept, if I can accept that rejection also, it's like, I don't know, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then it's like, okay, like I was brave to like say what mm -hmm. I needed and to like actually know what I needed in the moment mm -hmm. when I was like with another person. Who maybe, I guess maybe it depends how much you know the person or like how much you trust the person too. I guess, and also a little bit like, I mean, you kind of have to remind yourself that if the person, if all future possibilities disappear because you say no once, then what the fuck does that say about the person you're like trying to approach yeah, like, yeah well, who the fuck are they <laughs> yeah. i don't know yeah but i feel like we're we are also just angsty beings i feel like that like we walk around feeling anxious about mm -hmm. so many things that hasn't even happened yet angsty or anxious or both both <laughs> i think also like we're used to just like being able to be like, okay, I don't like this. I'm gonna look at my phone or like, I'm gonna yeah, just do something like quickly to make myself feel differently than I feel right now. Oh yeah, like the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The constant access to an escape mm -hmm. that you never actually have to handle anything. That's also interesting. And then maybe like when you can't, when you feel like maybe you can't escape, then it feels like something is wrong. But I don't mm. think, I think it's just like a continual like allowing of, because I mean, nothing is perfect. <laughs> no, literally. <laughs> literally. What do you, um, do you, like, what do you notice, like, being here? I guess besides, like, saying, like, that, um, in comparison to Sweden, besides saying that, like, we in the U.S. care a lot about, like, labels and stuff, um, do you have any, like, other, like, comparisons that you can think of? about like gender and sexuality yeah. and stuff. Uh, I think one thing that is like, cause I mean, people in Sweden are pretty obsessed with labels too. Not as much, mm -hmm. but pretty, I mean, we are like little America. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, we like Ikea and meatballs. Uh, but one thing, I, I think the US is also way more obsessed with masculinity and femininity mm. in a way. Uh, like, I, I feel like it's more ambiguous in Sweden, at least. And here people take like great pride in a way in their, and, and like, I don't know, I guess assign a lot of their identity or mm -hmm. certain people 
I notice that there's a discourse, I'm not saying everybody, but uh, that certain people assign or, or think of their gender as so much of their personality. Mm -hmm. While I think it's almost like a little bit ugly in Sweden to be obsessed with your gender, like toxic mas or mas toxic masculinity is very much like looked down upon, and like and because of I guess the way that the feminist struggle appears in Sweden is a little bit different. I think it's also a little bit ugly too. Mm. identify as like a like super feminine because you like the majority can't acknowledge or, or think of that as like accepting oppression and get okay. it while i think here people are way more like open with being oh i'm a girl so i'm like this i'm a boy so i'm like this and like they excuse certain things based yeah. on that yeah mm. i think so at least it's a little bit, or at least I can notice sometimes the jargon, the jargon like boys will be boys. Oh, okay. Bit, if you get what I'm saying. Like we excuse certain behavior and don't keep people accountable based yeah. upon gender almost. Yeah, and I also feel like, do I want these eyebrows today? <laughs> Should I make them flatter? I might make them flatter. Uh, no, but. Yeah, like like partly the boys will be boys, and and also I feel like guys in America are expected to take so much more responsibility of like like in, in a room, for example, mm. uh, like like take up space. Yeah, while well, that's also like I feel like drag is like very like a rebellion of balance because you're like mm -hmm. I am ultra feminine, and I'm also like. Taking, taking up, up all this space, space. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's also why I wish like that more girls would do drag in general, yeah. I think. And I'm not talking like drag king only. I just think yeah. just like like you're doing with like the burlesque scene and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Because I feel like it's very it's like sister sports in a way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But agree with me, I mean it is agree with you? Yeah, don't, don't you? Don't no, you I do agree. Yeah. 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 Because it's all about like doing things you aren't supposed to Because I was like, when I'm before, I was like, I'm going to do this. I was very like, I want to do this. Like, do it. Like, is this a thing or is this taking up space in a place that like is in my place? Or like, but yeah, I think it's like allowing yourself to be at like that extravagant part of yourself that is like accepted in that certain space and like in that moment. Um, but also like not being accepted I think because I mean if you do like burlesque or if you do drag mm -hmm. and if you, people notice you like if you actually get like you know you end up in the spotlight you do some shows or whatever there will be if you're doing it right there will be people there saying oh my god she's so obnoxious yeah <laughs> or and like that's the point and I think that's a little bit the part like a part yeah. of it that, that to make people feel a little bit uncomfortable because the only reason they're feeling uncomfortable because is because they're used to the little, the small boxes. They're not used to the full expression. Mm -hmm. And it's so, it is so scary when people like break, break norms and like take up a lot of space. Mm -hmm. Well, in my ideal world, 
Oh, no, I'm lying. No, I, w- I was gonna say, in my ideal world, everybody took up that much space. I, <laughs> I realized that would be super obnoxious, but but I, I think that kind of ties into maybe abundance and like this idea of like I mean nothing is ever like the same in every like moment like it wouldn't be like that all the time no. but like in certain places where like you allow yourself like yeah like there is enough for everyone to take up space in that yeah. sense yeah and perhaps that there would be more spaces where it's mm-hmm. like allowed to to experience the full like experience mm-hmm. Instead of, because I, I mean, I think, I don't know where that comes from, but I feel like in the Western world, at least, we we have this ideal of the, like, you know, controlled, mm. civilized, down to earth, logic. I never burst out in emotions anywhere. <laughs> I know how to handle them. Then we drink, so then we don't. Exactly. <laughs> so that's like the place we allow ourselves to be. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, and that's not sustainable. We can't yeah. all be punched into alcoholism. <laughs> well I guess that's like addiction in general I think like if we feel such this and things wrong that we can't get out of it we're like looking for something to that's that's I'm not an addiction expert but like (laughs) no but say your say your thoughts yeah I I think that like things that we can't accept turn turns into like things that we feel like are wrong with ourselves, which can turn into like numbing tools which we can get into a cycle and then then there's like no shortcut I feel like in dealing with hard things in life (laughs) absolutely absolutely Um, and it's way easier to just I don't know get something to help you not deal with it yeah not have to carry it around and just let it go for like a little while I mean I think like that's like useful also but Mm -hmm. like not all the time and yeah because then because then you can get addicted if you do it all the time um yeah but it's like using the different parts of life that bring you joy but then also accepting the parts of life that don't bring you joy and then you feel that feel really hard and feel very painful and like allowing all of that to exist and I think it's I think struggle is more common than we like openly talk about it's like when someone's like oh how are you and it's like okay well <laughs> like what I guess that's like sharing boundaries also um how do you mean because I, I heard something from are of loving <laughs> that it was like there's like porous boundaries and rigid boundaries and there's like healthy boundaries and so like porous boundaries and rigid boundaries come from like a similar place where it's like a fear of um i'm like putting myself out there or like fear of maybe like not being loved at the end of the day i think that's what it is i'm not sure exactly what they said but um but like one shares a lot and one doesn't really share and both of them like are from a fear versus like a healthy boundaries like sharing like balance and I guess that's what that's I mean life and like homeostasis like we're constantly trying to find like homeostasis what is homeostasis it's like the the middle ground it's like when you're really cold your body is trying to like through go through homeostasis I don't know if that's what you're trying to say but like go through homeostasis to like make you warm yeah um so it's like your body is constantly like trying to attune to your needs to like 
help you be balanced but I think that ties in with like the idea of perfection it's like we're never perfectly balanced Mm -hmm. but we're trying to like be in that like state I guess it would be a peaceful state as much as possible to live a more a joyful or less suffering life mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, kind of like thinking of Buddhism and stuff now um do you think it tries to level out happiness too homeostasis yeah um I guess it's kind of like how you define happiness and I think it's more like because like happiness you could also think of like being very ecstatic but I don't think mm-hmm. that's necessarily like in a balanced state but maybe like having being very happy and then or being happy and like being sad that's a balance in a way like mm-hmm. but then like I guess the middle ground of that is like internal sense of peace or like wholeness or like calmness mm-hmm. but no but not but no feeling of not feeling that way I think could also be a balance because it brings you back yeah you because then you know when you do feel that feeling yeah because otherwise how the fuck like could you define it yeah um would you like to end with a song together song like a hum like a like we just like make a sound and then we're like what the fuck